This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Well, a shift of focus now. Um, for a start, musically, in a moment, we will have a discussion about uh, the third New Zealand International Early Music Festival and now a little bit of a taste of what we're talking about. This morning we take another look at another wonderful music celebration coming up in Dunedin. We do it so often here on the Awesome Morning Show. Dunedin's third annual New Zealand International Early Music Festival, which runs this year from the 26th of February to the 10th of March. The theme this year is the Baroque era, and to that end of festival highlight will be Henry Purcell's Dido and Aeneas, performed by the Little Box of Operas under the direction of Jenny Birchall and the musical direction of David Birchall. Joining me now is Dunedin-based countertenor and festival director Christopher John Clifford and Jenny and David Birchall. It's great to have you all with us on the show. Um, thanks for coming and, and, and joining us today. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, tell us about the piece that we just heard, Christopher. Well, I think it's actually better. Uh, the, the opera people talked about that, but that is um, obviously Henry Purcell's Died on Aeneas, the opera that we're putting on, and the little box of operas are joining us for this venture. And they said they'd like to start the festival off, and I think it's a great thing to start. And we've never done an opera before, so this is marvellous. We'll explore this with Jenny and David in just a moment. Um, When we talk about the Baroque era, what what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about, really, the period from 1600 to, I like to say, 1760, which covers um, the death of Handel. 
but really, we're talking about composers like uh, Vivaldi, Handel, obviously the genius Bach, um, and, but many other smaller composers like uh, Gimignani, and we're featuring, featuring some of these composers in, in, in the festival. Obviously, a lot of music associated with uh, Louis XIV, the Sun King. Um, we're doing some French music by Marais. Uh, there's, there's a lot of pieces, probably approaching 100 pieces in the whole festival. And it's Purcell's Dido and Aeneas that uh, presents as one of the highlights, and you've mentioned that. Yes. It's uh, one of the earliest English operas. Jenny, David, uh, what excites you about presenting this work? Well, for me, this is my fourth Dido, in fact. I've um, performed in one as a member of the chorus. I have um, was um, assistant pr- um, producer and director um, for two productions in England. So this is my opportunity to make my own version of this opera and um, correct all the things that I think have been wrong in the, in the productions <laughs> I've been in. <laughs> hey, David? Yes, the, the music of Purcell is a particular favourite of mine. Um, he's an interesting blend of... Uh, the French and the English styles of the period. Um, of course, he was working um, after the restoration of the English monarchy uh, and working for the English monarchy and uh, producing music to the taste of the court and the taste of the king um, and to the taste of the church at the time. Um, and it's all very much wrapped up in the in the period he was working in, and that comes through in his music, comes through in, particularly in his opera uh, and, and in the, the texts he was writing with um, and the style in which he works. Who can give us uh, a synopsis of the story here? Ooh. Put as briefly and as um, carefully as I can, um, it's the story of the Queen of Dido, who's Queen of Carthage, um, and her relationship with Aeneas, who is on his way to uh, he's a, great, a Roman hero, great Trajan hero, who is on his way to found, refound Rome. Um, he is shipwrecked, and the opera covers roughly the last three days of his stay in Carthage with Dido. Um, by shipwrecked, I don't mean that all his ships were lost, because he's clearly um, has a lot of his gear has, has survived, and all his sailors and soldiers with him. Um, he falls in love with Dido, who has actually sworn that she will never marry again. Um, but she finds that in Aeneas that perhaps that this is a peer, somebody that it would be okay, and she's encouraged by the court that to fall in love with him and set up a relationship would be a really good idea because not only from a personal point of view they think that she's due a bit of happiness, but uh, because it will unite two great empires and so be politically expedient. Aeneas, however, is being driven by the gods to go off to Rome and... Um, when the, the, the gods in the form of the sorceress turn up and remind him that he's actually supposed to be somewhere else, he says, not, oh, but actually I'm quite happy here, but basically, yes, sir, and simply announces that he's off. And because politi- this is a political move for Dido as well as a, as a personal one, she can see that it is, has seen right from the beginning that if the relationship breaks up, it will be a disaster because she will be seen to have been publicly abandoned. And she has no option but to commit suicide. Oh, goodness. Very much a personal and political story (laughs) then. Um, So you've been involved in these other productions. Um, uh, We have the little box of operas here in Dunedin. Um, I'm guessing that that means it's not of perhaps some of the scales of the productions we've seen for this in the past. Tell us about Little Box of Operas. Well, Little Box of Operas is a new company, which we started last year. 
Um, we're administered, I should say, by the Little Box of Operas Incorporated. So we're a, a professional company run by um, a society um, in the same way that Southern Symphonia operates, in fact. Um, we aim to present opera for people who think they don't like opera um, or people who don't know opera, and we aim to work outside Dunedin as much as we work inside, in fact, if not more, um, using doing small-scale chamber works um, with good stories, good music. Um, and to take them around the lower half of the central, uh, the lower half of the South Island. So, what challenges does that present with a work like this? How much, um, for want of a better word, reworking of the of the presentation of this do you have to do to make it work in the smaller format? Well, not too much because Dido is not a big opera. In fact, um, it doesn't require a big cast. We have ten on stage. Um, total um, by doubling parts, which in many respects intensifies the, um, the the story and the presentation. We don't work in theatres, we work in the round, which means that we bring the action very close to the audience, and it means that we don't need sets, so we can cut ourselves off to wherever, with um, just with good lighting and good costuming. Have you seen... Um You've seen other productions of this work around the whereabouts in the world. Have you seen them? Oh, well, the, the, the one I sang in was here and, um, in, in New Zealand and the other, the other two that I worked on were in England. And is it one that is a, a popular work? Is it often performed or is it one of those ones that will only um, be showcased rarely? Well, strangely enough, it hasn't been, pub- it hasn't been performed in New Zealand um, at all very recently, but there have been two or three performances within the last year. So something in the air has said to everybody, oh, you must do Dido. I wasn't actually aware of this. It was Christopher who pointed it out to me. Um, So what will the venue be for Dunedin? We're going to be in All Saints Anglican Church in Cumberland Street. Lovely. Which has a few challenges, but it will also work very well for us. Yeah. Tell us, uh, David, about about your role here and um, the work that you've done to date on it. Well, as musical director, I'm, uh, I suppose, responsible for shaping the musical side, um, working with the singers. Uh, there's quite a, amount, quite a lot of ensemble singing um, for a small chorus in this piece, so it's, it's a matter of getting them to work together to blend and to present a united front, as it were. Um, I will be directing a small orchestra um, who we have accompanying us. Orchestra is a very grand term. It's uh, four-string players plus a um, theorbo player who will also play the guitar, um, and myself on a little organ and harpsichord. Um, so um, a typical uh, chamber ensemble from the 17th century, really. Reveal for us our, our, our stars, if you like. Who are, you, who are the performers, the main performers in this piece? Well, Dido is going to be played by Lois Johnson, who um, is um, well-known around here, often works with City Choir as a soloist, um, and has recently, in fact, moved to Dunedin, um, and we're very pleased to have her here. Um, and um, Aeneas will be James Adams, who's recently appeared on stage in various productions in Dunedin, and very accomplished actor and singer. Um, latterly, he was in Phantom of the Opera. Uh, and the, the other principal character is the sorceress, who will be Claire Barton, who was born and brought up in Dunedin and well-known to everybody and has, uh, again, recently returned to Dunedin after some time in England. Let's turn our, our thoughts just a little wider to the festival in general. For, for, for you, uh, for both of you, uh, what does it mean to you to have this festival here in Dunedin? Well, for me, it's an opportunity to um, perform um, a lot of music that otherwise 
wouldn't get an outing in Dunedin for which there is no particular platform um, and um, which uh, people, if you if you try putting on a concert of Baroque music by lesser known composers out of the context of the festival, you you'll be find it hard to draw an audience because people won't recognise it as something that they would like to go to. But in the context of the festival, it gives it um, mm. greater um, publicity, gives it greater focus, and people think, oh yes, well actually, you know, we'll try, well, let's let's try this. And and uh, if it's like something I heard the other day, then then I think I'll enjoy this. Um, so yes, it's it's a platform to hear a lot of music that otherwise wouldn't get an outing. And Jenny, for you. Well, it's a chance to hear some of this music. I, I hear it at home as well as in the concerts, obviously. Um, and and um, it's a, a, the perfect vehicle for us to start with our inaugural production, which is, is Dido. Um, it wasn't quite how we planned to begin, but it's the, the, the perfect opportunity. It just just all come together very well, nicely for absolutely. us. Absolutely, and we're very grateful to you for taking part and opening the festival. There's a synchronicity there. Was it, was it kind of accidental, uh, Christopher, or was it on your radar? Well, I've always had Baroque opera on my radar, but it's how to do it, because it takes a lot of work. It's a whole unit in itself of the festival, and it's, it's challenging. Tell us, uh, you've now uh, run two of these festivals. Yes. Um, that in itself is something of an achievement. Uh, is your sense that the Dunedin public, and even potentially even wider, are, are embracing the festival? Oh, I, I think so. They're, they're looking at websites, they're looking at, f- at Facebook, they're interacting with it. Uh, I'm getting requests daily now for uh, booking forms. Um, we're really starting to book tickets. Um, that's a point, actually, about booking for the opera. How do you book for the opera? You book through Event Finder. That's right, yes. That's a separate event. For tickets for the festival, the other events, other ten events, you, you book through us, and you, you would uh, send an email to mziemf at gmail.com to get a booking list. Jenny's referred to um, Little Box of Operas as perhaps being an opportunity for people who otherwise might not dabble mm-hmm. <laughs> to come sure. along. Uh, is that also true of the festival generally? I imagine it would be difficult to to sustain a festival unless you were drawing in people who hadn't necessarily um, been drawn into this world before. Yes, I think so. There's a, there's a slight mystique about what is early music, yes, one of, the, one of the questions I have been asked about early music, of course, is it music for babies? So, yeah, right. <laughs> well, is uh, it? Th- then I have to start, and half an hour later, I think they usually get the message. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think we've talked about this before. There's something like a, a thousand-year timeline or something like that you've talked uh, yeah, about. Yeah, well, I'm working on a thousand years, but uh, yeah. we've reduced it to Baroque and a little bit of Renaissance this time. Your um, own gift is at a, count, is a, a counter tenor. Uh, yes. You performing this year? Yes, I'm. I'm doing some beautiful Handel duets uh, from the operas Sazami and Rodolinda, and, and that's with Ingrid Ormiston Nurse. I'm um, looking forward to that concert enormously. We're going to have Baroque players, a small string orchestra. So there's a lot of Baroque going on in this festival with uh, copies of Baroque instruments. People coming from uh, the US, uh, from Hungary, and also uh, a wonderful Baroque trumpeter, uh, John Foster, who's coming from Sydney, especially, and that's going to be a real, a real loud concert. <laughs> the venues uh, for the festival? Uh, Most, mostly All Saints Church. We, we've decided to sort of concentrate a bit more. It's easier than spreading it over five or whatever, and also St. Paul's Cathedral. We end in St. Paul's.
And as a general sense, um, ticketing for events is in what kind of range of prices? Uh, anything from free up to $40. Right, so there are free events that people can look out for? Uh, there are free, uh, sadly only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't give everything away, it's the last one, um, which is in the cathedral and it's uh, Vespers by Buxtehude. Um, Christopher, how do you finance this festival? Do you get any support from grants and what have you? Yes, uh, a constant, I'm constantly asking for money, hint, hint, everyone, um, but, you know, we do, we do get some funding, but we never get enough. Uh, we always need more people at the festival because that's the only other way we get money is, is people actually arriving and paying for tickets. How rare an opportunity is this? Put this in the context of you know, anywhere else in New Zealand. Are you aware of, of um, a similar breadth of performance and uh, styles uh, anywhere else in New Zealand? Yes, I mean, there are Baroque groups in, in different parts of New Zealand, mostly in Wellington, Auckland and Christchurch. But w- what I've always tried to do from the beginning is, is, is to include everyone. So, and people seem to appreciate that, and I think that, that's a good, a good thing about it. Include rather than exclude. Uh, pe- people that get on well, fine. If they don't want to come back, that's also fine. Um, but it's a very positive thing to do, and it seems to create its own positive energy. You've uh, mentioned the uh, the need to to sustain this festival financially. Tell us about the Friends of New Zealand International Early Music Festival. The Friends? Mm. Yes. Uh, well, they're anyone who likes to sort of join us, make a donation. Uh, we're always thankful for donations. That's the way it is with uh, musical performance, I'm afraid. Uh, sports gets a lot of support. The arts, I'm afraid. Uh, but, but I'll be here another half hour talking about that. <laughs> well, we could talk about that. <laughs> um, have you, in, in the time that you've been running the festival, have you detected that there's been uh, any energy f- uh, for uh, people being drawn into playing and learning and being involved in the music uh, and uh, you've had some wonderful instruments brought into the city over the years. I'm sure, sure. that would have been uh, of interest to many people in the city. It is an interest, but but, but it's still a, a minor event here, anyone learning a Baroque instrument. Um, quite difficult. M- mostly in, in Wellington and Auckland and Christchurch. Uh, Dunedin's a little bit lagging behind, but somehow we must do something about it and obviously I want to involve schools more. For, for instance, they could have a magical competition, but you know they're very busy. These schools have got a curriculum, and they stick to it. Well, well done, you, uh, Christopher, for continuing to put your energy in behind this festival. I know that there are people around the city who are very excited about it, and who will be even more so uh, with the opportunity to see this opera. Just remind us again of the dates of the festival and the dates of the performances of the opera. Yes, the festival starts on Friday, the twenty-sixth of February. And with, with a bang, because um, Mayor Dave Cull is going to open it, and Jacinda Arden is also coming, and she's a shadow arts minister, effectively. Um, and, and I think that's going to give it a great, great lift at the start, and that's on the first performance of the opera. So the, there's an opening ceremony at 7, and at 7.30 the opera begins. Uh, that's on the 26th. Then on Saturday the 27th, there's a second performance of the opera, and then the rest of the festival carries on after them. All right, so those tickets for the festival from Event Finder uh, and tickets for uh, other ticketed events for the festival, tell us about your website again, uh, Christopher. Yes, well, the best thing is to send us an email to nziemf at gmail.com and we'll happily send you a ticket booking list.
We'll uh, go out this morning with uh, another little taster from uh, this wonderful work. It's Dido's Lament. Who'd care to comment on uh, the context of this piece? This is the very last piece in the um, in, in the opera. Um, Aeneas has been now been sent away by Dido. He wobbles. He says he maybe he'll stay afterwards. Dido tells him to get lost. Um, he's a hypocrite. She doesn't trust him. Go away. And she then... Um, resigns herself to her suicidal act. Goodness gracious. It's very dramatic. Wonderful work, I'm sure. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, uh, Jenny and uh, David Birchall, and also Christopher John Clifford, talking about the New Zealand International Early Music Festival running in Dunedin from the 26th of February to the 10th of March.
This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.